Welcome to the Think Intentional Podcast, a conversation designed to help individuals become high performers in life, leadership, and nutrition. I'm Darcy Kingry. Today we have Alicia Lee of Eat to Live Daily. Today we are speaking with Alicia Lee. Alicia is the founder of Eat to Live Daily and the Eat to Live support group on Facebook. Over the last year, Alicia has also started the plant-based moms group, the plant-based accountability group, the Eat to Live journaling group, and the book club for plant-based eaters. Besides giving the community a loving and sincere place to support each other, creating a successful platform to help those looking to improve their health or lose weight, she has shared many transformation stories and helped other leaders in the community to get their message out there. Alicia is a generous and knowledgeable coach who knows how to bring a team of like-minded individuals together for the benefit of all. Thank you for joining us today, Alicia. Hi, Darcy. It's good to talk to you. You too. I am so so excited about this. I've been looking forward (laughs) to it. Um, I really want to talk to you about your own experiences and then absolutely your incredible success in the plant-based community as both a leader and a motivator. Um, I believe you know, that when we first started communicating, I believe it was through your blog, Motivated Mamas, if I'm remembering <laughs> correctly. So it was, a little, it was a few years ago. Um, and um, I wanted to know what prompted you to create that, that blog and what other groups did you initiate or lead before you found yourself with such success with Eat to Live Support and the many other groups that you're currently leading? Well, first of all, Darcy, I just have to tell you that I am I was thrilled when you sent me that first question because I just, it makes me so happy that someone on this planet saw Motivated Mamas, knows what it is, and is <laughs> going to ask me about it today. So, um, so yes. Okay. So we have this great community now of 50,000 people in our Facebook group, um, 50,000 plant-based eaters. But the truth of it is this This actually unrolled in like a very unplanned manner. Um, And I definitely am one that believes that everything is kind of happens the way that it's supposed to. Um, And I, I had ideas and almost kind of glimpses of what we have today way back then, but I had no idea how it would transpire. Um, and to be honest, motivated mamas, <laughs> that was my fir- that was my first blog. I started it after my son was born. So this was my third baby. Right. He was a bonus baby. His closest yeah. sibling is seven years older than he is. Wow. Um, I had already finished school. I had worked for a while and I was just planning on being, um, you know, at home with my kids. It's not a small job, but no. I, I really, really needed some kind of outlet. So I started this blog, Motivated Mamas. My goal was just to connect with other moms. Um, it was in 2010. So it was a time that there just weren't the resources that there are today in terms of yeah. um, blog platforms and stuff. So I used Blogger. I know WordPress was around. I'm sure there were plugins. Mm-hmm. They definitely were not what they are today. Um, but <laughs> no. I started this blog, blogger account, Motivated Mamas, and I would blog about different things having to do with the kids and having to do with, you know, it was a mommy blog. So um, there was just this one phase in my life, though, that I had been really trying to lose weight, and I thought this would be such a fun blog project if I could connect with like 10 other women and we do an online weight loss challenge. 
It's like, mm-hmm. we're all going to have to check in every week. We'll have 12 weeks to do it. We can all pick a plan. Um, I need to lose weight. I know that having the public accountability of like people reading your blog, you know, I'm yeah. like envisioning that all these people are going to be reading <laughs> my blog, you know? And yeah. so, so I set it up and, and I think I had about 10 women who were doing the weight loss challenge with me. And I told everybody, pick a plan, tell us what it is. We'll have your picture. And then every week you tell us how much you lost, what you weighed, you know, how much you lost, all that stuff, what you ate, how much you lost and how it's going. So every week we would check in. Well, I think I was doing um, like a calorie restrictive diet. Um, I had actually worked in a health office. So I had, um, I sort of did have a background in health. Uh, we had a couple people who were doing Adkins or keto back then it was called Adkins. Um, mm-hmm. we had yeah. Weight watchers. Yeah. We were just kind of all over the board. Well, so I spent the first three weeks doing my calorie restrictive diet and I was typing out what I was eating. And I think it was like 1500 calories with like no sugar and no dairy maybe. Um, and mm-hmm. I lost, I don't know, four or five pounds in the first couple of weeks. And then I had a really bad weekend mm-hmm. and I gained it all back. And I was just so frustrated. So I was talking to another mom who was doing the challenge with me and she was doing Eat to Live. And she was telling me about Dr. Furman and about Eat to Live and, oh, Alicia, you've got a background in health. You should really check this out. This isn't a diet. It's not Mm -hmm. a diet. I mean, it's not a diet. You know, she keeps saying this. And I'm so frustrated about the fact that I haven't lost weight that I'm just like, I got to, I got to try this. I got to do this. And within the first week, I just knew that I had found the mothership. (laughs) Yes. That's, that's really how it works with each other for most people. Yeah. Because you are changing your body on a cellular level and just that flush of, uh, just the, the nutrients and just anyway, yeah, it's, it really is life-changing. So I started talking about that and I went through the 12 weeks and I had lost like, I don't know what I lost 15 to 20 pounds. I lost all of the baby weight that I had to lose, but all of these other things were changing. So my, one of the things people love to ask in interviews, like, what was your reason for doing eat to live? What was your motivation? So people are like, <laughs> right. oh, I have a family history of diabetes. I wish I had something yeah. that noble to note, but mine literally was just, I have had eating disorders all my life and I just am looking for another way to lose weight. But what ended up happening is that my body just completely changed. I felt this lift of the depression that I had been experiencing. Um, I wasn't hungry and famished all the time. I was definitely a cereal dieter and keto was like my go-to. Keto, Adkins, whatever you want to call it, is so fun because you can basically eat crap and lose weight. And you really do lose weight and (laughs) you really aren't hungry on those diets. But what happens is your body just becomes toxic. And so you might be losing weight and you might be not hungry, but you are also not feeling well because you are eating foods that are so high in calories and high in fat and just bad, bad, bad foods. So I, this was a totally different experience for me because when I was doing keto, I would get these weird, like middle of the night, like cravings for like peanut butter or something. And I would come down into the kitchen and be like eating peanut, like it was just weird. And I know it had to do with blood sugar. Maybe it was a nutrient deficiency 
who knows what that was. But when I started doing Eat to Live, that was just gone. And the weight was coming off and I felt good on every level. So motivated mamas went from being a mommy blog to basically an Eat to Live blog because that was all I wanted to talk about. And so I would um, I would do these cheesy little pictures of my food and I would put a label on it and then I would put <laughs> it on Pinterest and then that would just start generating um, generating traffic because there weren't a lot of nutritarian bloggers at the time. Um, and so right. to this day, if you go on Pinterest, there are a bunch of broken links that go to the old Motivated Mamas blog. I wish yeah. we could have saved the name, but um, anyway, it's gone now, but um, it really went crazy. So a couple things that we did, um, we decided that we were going, I would blog on a regular basis, at least daily and um, do the Pinterest thing. And then I decided that I needed a support group because this was not always easy to do with a non nutritarian family. Mm -hmm. So I needed to find my Darcy <laughs> and <laughs> my, my Bethany and my Sherry and all my people of my community that I have now. I needed to find all of you. And so I started this support group and it started very small and there were just like a hundred of us. And I'm telling you, Darcy, I did eat till I had the book eat to live, but I did not really get the culture of eat to live mm -hmm. because it really does have kind of a culture. Yes. And it comes from a lot of those lectures by people like Dr. Greger mm -hmm. and Dr. McDougall and of course Dr. Furman, um, where we have the information and in eat to live. And if you just read it for what it is, it's like, well, you can do the vegetarian version or you can do the non-vegetarian version. You can incorporate small amounts of oil, but not too much. Mm -hmm. It's oil sparingly. Mm -hmm. But when you start listening to these lectures, you really get the culture yeah. of it, which is that we shouldn't have oil in our diets at all. It, I mean, it is pretty preventable to have, you know, you don't have to have oil. Um, doing the vegan version of the diet is absolutely the best version of the diet. But for me, I was nursing, I was a nursing mom. And so the version of it for me was that I was just kicking up my nutrients. I was kicking out animal products, eating lots of nutrients. I was snacking. I wasn't paying close attention to my grain count. I had a little bit of olive oil mm -hmm. here and there, um, you know, and I just figured, oh, this is, I mean, this is pretty eat to live. I, you know, I'm losing tons of weight because I was nursing. Um, and so I, one of the things I decided to do in addition to the blog, in addition to Pinterest, in addition to the eat to live support group is I decided to put a video <laughs> on YouTube. And that video is still up to this day. And I'm telling you, I really looking at that video, I'm so embarrassed. And I'm, I leave it up there just because it was my first video and I just don't have the heart to take it down. But I stood up there. I'm pretty sure I had olive oil in that video. Like talk about embarrassing. I think I had, like I was, I was explaining it. I was talking about like the gallon of water that I right. drink every day. Well, as it turns out, Dr. Furman's actually not that big into drinking like high, high right. amounts of water because it flushes out nutrients. But I really didn't know what I was doing too much. But because it was one of the first things 
on the internet. I mean, there were, there were other things, but there weren't that many. Um, and since it was one of the first Nutritarian like YouTube videos, it like got all mm. these views. And so it was like, if you typed in Nutritarian in YouTube during that time, it was like me and Dr. Furman. Like we were literally like the only videos up there. And so it had, I think part one of like, welcome into my kitchen. <laughs> I think it had 50,000 views, which for it's me still was a lot. lot at it's that a time. lot today. Yeah. And so, so here come. so that was the birth of motivated mamas. Here's the death of motivated mamas. Um, but I got some negative feedback. So, um, people were kind of chastising me for how much water I was drinking and then kind of making fun of the way that I said it. Cause I was like, Oh, you got to drink a ton of water. And people were like, really like a ton, like you're an idiot. Oh. <laughs> and then, Another person wrote, um, great information. I cannot handle her voice for five seconds. Like people were literally just like slaying me. And I had no concept of like vindictive mean people. Like they exist in the world. I've never met one before. (laughs) This was totally foreign to me. And, uh, you know, I kind of just, after a little while, I kind of just thought, this really isn't for me. I I just really, I think this is almost just too personal. And when I started to see, and you know what's sad? There was so much positive feedback. I had emails coming to my account saying, I just wanted to let you know that I'm a mom too. And I started doing what you said. And now we're totally doing Eat to Live. My whole family is, and I've lost 30 pounds. And I just wanted to thank you for that. Why is it that like a few negative comments, like literally I just got one last week when I interviewed Dr. Lyle, someone put on the YouTube, who wants to listen to her? I think it started with like an ew, ew, who wants to listen to her? You know, and it's just out there and now I don't care. But back then that really crushed me and I just kind of was not a strong enough person to keep going with it. And even though there was all the positive, it just, that negative, it just, I was too fragile. And I think I just needed to grow up. Honestly, I think I had a lot of maturing to do. So I hung up my hat um, with that and I kind of started moving in some other directions. That was just a fun project for me. What we realized is that in blogging, um, there are a lot of opportunities in terms of making a side income, having a passive income. So we we actually, my husband and I have always had a side hustle, always, ever since we were married during the very first dot-com boom, we've always had some kind of side hustle that dealt with like website stuff. And so what we looked at is there are a lot of other avenues that we could go that are not as personal and we could make a, um, as Pat Flynn calls it, a smart passive income in these other ways. So we built a lot of different types of websites over the course of the years. We did, um, we've done like education websites. Um, I partnered with my brother-in-law who is absolutely a genius. He's worked as marketing directors for big companies and big, big companies. And he really mentored me in this avenue. Um, and so we did some <laughs> entertainment side, sure. I mean, not, not like adult entertainment, <laughs> just like, you know, like news media, like daily news, <laughs> nothing, nothing like that, like daily news kind of entertainment stuff. We did some education, some municipal website information, that kind of thing. And an interesting thing happened. 
as all of these projects were happening, Motivated Mamas, I let the domain name go. I totally let that go. But two things happened. I continued to do Eat to Live. Blew up. And my support group on Facebook just, it just kept growing. Yeah, exactly. There were two things that happened in 2016. Um, One of them was that an article that I wrote for one of our websites, because that's basically what I was doing is just writing copy all the time. We would look for trends and then I would write an article. And sometimes the article was really great and meaningful. And other times it was, you know, what celebrities voted for Trump. (laughs) I mean, really, there were some times that I'm like, what am I doing? But there 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 was one really cool, meaningful article that I wrote. And it was called um, What Stanford Dean Says Parents Are Doing to Ruin Their Kids. And it was based on this lecture that I went to by Julie Lithcott Haynes, um, who was a dean at Stanford. And um, I went and I recorded it and I just acted like a journalist. And I went home and I wrote up, okay. uh, this article that was so great. It was about helicopter parenting. <laughs> and I shared it with my friends and yeah. they shared it with their friends. And they shared it with their friends. And within That's three weeks, we had 485,000 shares. Not views, but shares. So it had millions and millions of views. And it was very interesting because that was the last article that I wrote because simultaneously, that was the last article that I wrote for that website. Simultaneously, something very curious was happening in my Eat to Live support group, and I have no idea what spurred this on, but it started growing from 1,000 to 2 to 4 to 6 to 8 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50,000. I had no idea what was going on, but I had this feeling of what it feels like to put information on the internet and to feel what that feels like to have this kind of important information impacting so many people. Because this this article about helicopter parenting really was life-changing. Basically, the summary of it is that if you want to have if you want to have good productive citizens as children, you got to give them chores and you got to teach them how to love and have compassion for others. Those are the two most fundamental things. I mean, how life-changing are those things? Well, to see the Eat to Live support group blow up and to see I was capable of being the tool to producing this yeah. great, because I don't think that information came from me. I'm, I'm one of those like divine inspiration kind of people. Like yeah. I can be the tool. If you'll give me the resources, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be willing to write it down for you and help people change their lives. But that's not mine. It's just working through me. And when I saw that I could be capable of, that I was capable of doing something like that and to having this viral article, it just did something for me. It like lit the fire under me. And that's what really prompted me to look at the Eat to Live support group and to say, look at all of the skills that we've developed in the last eight years doing these other websites. Look what we're capable of. What if we took this knowledge base 
of how to build a website, how to share information, how to make that important information widespread so that many people can access it. So that this life-changing information affects millions of people, not just hundreds, not just people in my community, but millions of people. What if we took that and we nurtured this community and put all of those tools and resources into this community. And with a little prayer, we decided to step up and walk away from those other sites and just devote all of our energy to the Eat to Live support group. And I have no doubt that this was the right direction to go because the people that I've connected with and the stories and the life changes Um, And again, this is not like I'm some expert. I am merely the deliverer of information. I am a cheerleader and we produce resources. That's what we do. People ask us for help and we, we produce resources. We produce meal plans. We produce, this is what I'm eating in my kitchen. What are you eating in yours? Here's a checklist. Here's this. Here's a challenge group. If you want to jump back to the old motivated mamas format where you jump in with us, we do a team challenge. Um, that's what we do. And that's, that's basically how we ended up where we are today. <laughs> Everyone needs a cheerleader. And even in my own practice, that's really the biggest part of what people need. They need the resources. They need it simplified in a way they can understand. They need to know what to do, but they also need people that are going to continue to be there and say, you're doing great. Or, oh, you fell down. Here's how you get back up. And so you've really provided that. I remember when Eat to Live support was um, just, you know, like 5,000 people. And I think, I think I found it not, and I don't think I, I don't remember, but I don't think I knew at first that that was your support group. And then I, when I think I saw your name and I, I, oh, I know her, (laughs) I know her. And, and I remember it started growing. it, It just exponentially and, and me and Sergio, who is my partner in Think Intentional, we just started watching it and we and just watching it grow so fast that year. Just just didn't stop. And it's been it's been growing that way since then. So your your recipe for no pun intended, your recipe, your recipe for for creating this, you know, nurturing place for people has really worked. Um and that's where I guess you came up with the idea for the other support groups that are affiliated with it and ultimately for Eat to Live Daily. I love that you brought that up. So everything that we do has either developed from a request or a complaint. So we've really only had three complaints through the years, and I'll even tell you what they are. One of them was that our, um, and they weren't bad. I mean, all three people I really appreciate. Um, The first one was that our accountability group wasn't enough accountability. I think it was our second jumpstart out because that's what we do now. We offer people a jumpstart. So if they want to start this life, style and they're like, this is really hard. I'm here going, it was hard for me too. It's still an ongoing effort. Join with me. Here are the meals that I use and we have meal plans and all kinds of stuff, but there's an accountability group that goes with it. So one person said the accountability group isn't really enough accountability. I thought it was going to be And actually, we didn't even call it an accountability group at the time. We just said, oh, we have a private group that you get with your jumpstart. You get it for six weeks. So after I saw that, I was like, what can we do to make this really a source of accountability for these people? Like, what can we do to improve on it? So 
what we did is we um, called it, we started calling it an accountability group because I'm like, let's just call it what it is. And then we started doing things like weekly webinars, encouraging daily posts, setting a daily goal, um, doing Mastermind Mondays, doing videos constantly, sharing tons of content, sharing recipes, sharing in my kitchen stuff, you know, and yeah. really making people accountable and encouraging people to say, hey, guys, I need accountability because I got to go to a graduation party tonight and I need accountability. So these are the kind of things that we started encouraging. So that was one thing. So. Um, the other thing was one person, when we very first started, I had kind of this DIY approach to being um, plant-based, which is, okay, here's, you know, we, Dr. Furman's material mm -hmm. is what we have right. people get very first thing, go check out his website, go get his books. This is what is kind of our curriculum, I guess you could say. Um, and so I would tell them, okay, this is how much you got to eat of this. And this is how much you got to eat of that. If you want to do the six week plan and blah, blah, blah. But one person emailed me and she's like, I love your group. I love your program. I love everything. I just, I thought it was going to be like a meal plan. Like you tell me what to buy. And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I don't think, I don't know if we're capable of that though. That sounds like a lot of work. But upon thinking about it and, you know, more of that prayer, like feeling inspired, that's definitely the direction we need to go in. Eat to Live Daily has become, we've kind of be, become known for the meal plans now because of that, that feedback. So I guess you could call it negative feedback. It wasn't really negative. It was just, uh, here's what I thought I was getting and, and it wasn't really that. So that's when we started to provide the meal plans. Um, Another person that I actually got a one-star review on, um, on the Eat to Live daily site, like, and I cannot believe I am admitting this in a podcast, but um, someone gave me a one-star review. So like, of course, I reached out to her and I was like, did you have a bad experience? Was I'm thinking maybe it was the slip of her finger. And she said, no, I just saw that you had a plant-based um, meal plan for free. So I got it. And she was like, I was just, I couldn't believe how much food there was. Like it was way too much food. And I realized, oh my gosh, people don't understand. This meal plan is for a pound of raw vegetables a day and a pound of cooked vegetables. It's a lot of food, you know? And so that was when we decided, gosh, we got to really start but putting all this information out there when they get a free we give everybody a free meal plan. If you go to yeah. eatolivedaily.com, you can order a free meal plan. But we were just sending them the meal plan. And because of that feedback, we realized we need an email to go with that that really explains this diet is a diet that floods your cells with nutrients, which means it's a lot of food. So we did that. And so all of the other things that you mentioned, all of the other groups that we've set up, everything that we've done has been the result of some kind of request or one of those three feedback, the negative feedback, so to speak, um, which actually ended up being the most positive feedback we could get. Even the people who are like, how can you listen to her voice? I'm like, all right, I need to really watch my nasal. <laughs> I really need to watch my nasal cavity when I talk. So that I, so that people can listen to me and I don't sound like nails on a chalkboard as I've been described to sound like. You know, in a, at a speed that is comfortable for most people and a tone that people are willing to listen to. Because if people don't want to listen to us, they're not going to get the information. So 
That is so true. You got to be a good tool, right? You got to be someone that others can listen to. So everything that we've got up there now, we've got a plant-based accountability group. That one comes with the jumpstart. Um, we've got a, within that group, there is a member named Kimberly Handley. And um, I know she's one of Bethany's clients as well. She is just phenomenal. She's just absolutely incredible. And I'm so grateful to know her and to work with her. And she has had so many great ideas that I have jumped on. And one of her ideas, because she would always share information about books that she was reading. And she was like, Alicia, what do you think about doing a book club group? And I was like, all right. Like as long as I could find someone to host a book every month, we could do a book club. So that's exactly what we do. We have a book club for plant-based eaters. It's one of our free, 90% of our resources are free. So all of the groups are free except for the plant-based accountability group. Um, but all of these others are just places where people are, we're just all kind of putting, I don't want to say putting our time in, but our energy because we love it. And that's a place to talk about wonderful authors who, um, whose information deserves recognition. Um, we did The Pleasure Trap um, a couple months ago. It was one of our first books that we did in the book club. Um, and then we interviewed Dr. Lyle to talk to him more specifically about the components of um, con uh, classical conditioning, I guess it is, um, and how that whole addiction cycle works. The evolutionary biology of addiction. Yes. I think that's what he calls it. I may have just messed that up. But um, just basically the way that our brain works to be in survival mode, our brain always thinks it's in survival mode. So it's looking for the most calories for the least amount of effort. Um, so yeah, but that's how all of these resources developed. The plant-based moms group, of course, that's close to my heart because I'm a mom and I know how hard it is to change your family's eating habits when you've been eating a standard diet and you want to switch to make things mm -hmm. healthier and better for your child, it can be tough. And do you do it cold turkey? Do you do it yeah. gradually? How do you do it? You know, talking to other moms about that process can just be so helpful. And it's all really about connection. Here's, here's the one thing about the groups that I just want to say. Um, sorry, I'm totally taken up all the time talking myself. But 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 the thing that I, that I really have recognized is that doing anything in isolation is really not a great idea for most people. Because we're all going to have failures. We're all going to have these moments of where we mess up. And mm -hmm. if you are doing this in isolation and you mess up, your first thought is either going to be this isn't for me. Um, or I just am a failure kind of a person. And either one of those would be such a shame. And if people could understand that like the majority of us who are like even working in the field had to overcome to be able to get to what we're doing now. And even still, it is an ongoing effort. Um, and you can't just throw the talent. So that's what all these groups are about. It's about connection. But they're living in a home, whether it's with their children and their spouse or just their children or roommates or or it's, you know, an, a young adult still living with their parents. It's very difficult for people to succeed. And one of the 
biggest challenges that most of my personal clients have had is, okay, my husband's is not, my husband's not on board. My kids are not on board. So I have to make them these foods and I have to eat this way. And they have to become confident and educated enough on their own, on their own. So that way they can be an example to their families. And I'm finding that when they start developing that confidence and they start seeing the things that motivate them, whether it's weight loss or that it doesn't have to be that complicated to eat this way and that it really changes you, I've seen that their families start to become on board. Oh, now my family's you know, eating salad at the beginning of every meal. Oh, now they're eating bean burgers and they like them. So it's definitely something that takes time uh, and it does make it harder when you're not the only one doing it. Um, but because you need the support, but you don't always get that in your home. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that what you said is really important because there are people who need to connect with maybe one other. And maybe that's where an individual coach can be really, really useful. Having an individual mentor. Some people need that. They need that one-on-one accountability, um, someone who's relatable, who's been through it, who can give tips and tools and the knowledge. And like you were saying earlier, before we started our interview, kind of the life coaching that goes along with all of this, um, where for others being in a community and having a lot of people to brush things off onto, I say ours is kind of set up like a Weight Watchers meeting or like an AA meeting um, where it's group accountability. Some people, that's really what resonates with them and that's what they need. And other people, they need an individual coach like you. So um, I think regardless, there are so many tools available now. I mean, when you compare what this looked like in 2011 to what we have now in 2018, so many great resources um, with Think Intentional, Simply Nutritarian, um, Hello Nutritarian, Love Chart. I mean, there are just so many, Watering Mouth, of course, so many great resources. And um, yeah, we're just all trying to do, I think, the same thing. We feel how great it is to have this personal success on the diet. But there is nothing quite like seeing other people walk through that success themselves. And it reminds me of the first Christmas that we took our kids to go do a Christmas service project. It was the first really big Christmas service project that we did. We found a family in our community that came to our attention that has 10 kids and they were not going to have a Christmas and they were living in like a two room house, not two bedrooms, but like two room house and um, just a really, really, really tough year for this family. And so we decided to gather up some people from our community and provide Christmas for this family and their 10 kids. And there was something that I saw light up in my daughter. It was something that I saw in her that I had never seen before. It was just like I saw her true self. Like there was just something and she did not want presents that year. It was just a different experience completely. And that's probably the best way that I can describe what it's like to work with community members who have a hundred pounds to lose. And their whole life has been affected by the disease that has come with obesity. And, um, even if, even if if there's exactly, it's just something that you just can't describe. And I think that that's what is driving us. And one of the things that I am 
most passionate about is actually watching other people move into a coaching space. Yes. So I have, I have clients, people in my community that I'm like egging on, like you are a coach. You, I want to see you do this. And cause I just see them. I see the way that they function in our community and I just, I love it so much. And I just, um, I really, uh, I really connect with what Dr. Furman talks about when he says, get your own communities going, get this information out there. That's what he wants us to do. And that's what I just find so much joy in doing. You have to help others and help people on such a large scale. And when the joy that comes from giving to others, you can't find that anywhere else. And when it's your passion, because you know, you know, you sounded, you know, I heard your eyes tear up a little when you're talking about helping someone who might have a hundred pounds to lose, you know, you know, even if you didn't have that much weight to lose, I did. So I definitely relate, relate to that a lot. But even if you didn't, if you've had any kind of struggle with food or nutrition or anything that can affect your health that way, you really do understand where people are coming from. And so those people see that you're genuine and you've been there. And there's, like you said, there's so many people in the group. There's someone for everybody in that group. And I agree a a million percent (laughs) with that. I think that we are all attracting. um, I know that's kind of a popular like guru word right now, but like, really, I feel like we do end up attracting the people that we um, have, we just had that same vibe with them. My vibe is definitely the yo-yo dieters. Um, I have a lot of people in my group who've also suffered from bulimia, which I did in my younger years. Eating disorders are definitely my story. That is definitely where I'm coming from. So we really approach this from a food addiction standpoint. That's our that's my gig. I just, in to get to that, when Dr. Furman starts talking about experiencing true hunger and that that's what we're going for. And how do we get away from these other foods that are keeping us so toxically addicted? Um, and then after talking to Dr. Lyle as well, how do we recondition ourselves to not keep going back to these same foods? What can we do to reprogram? Um, there's a lot more to it than just reading a book. It's, it's a day-to-day, day-to-day effort. Every single day, we ask our members to be accountable, check in, check in with others. Absolutely. When we uplift, is that the right word? When we are a support system to people around us, it, it strengthens us. It gives, it's like the sequoia trees that their root systems have all grown together. So when those big storms blow in, those trees aren't going anywhere. They, they are, their roots are so tangled and, and intertwined and they've strengthened each other. And that's what our groups are really about is um, growing our roots together. <laughs> and it does, it makes us stronger. So the more you support other people, the more you're going to be uplifted and encouraged and motivated. And with your history of bulimia when you were younger, how do you how do you stand track? Who holds you accountable? That's a great question, Darcy. <laughs> My two biggest components are planning. <laughs> so the mental strategy and um, the mental focus that goes along with that. So not just sitting down and getting things planned out, written down. I mean, that's a huge part of it. 
as well. But being able to visualize how you want to feel at the end of the day, not just visualize it, but to see it. You know, you've got, you've got your website called Think Intentional. And um, I wrote a book a, lot, a, a few years ago that I'd honestly like to just forget about <laughs> because it was like I spent two years on this project and then afterwards I was like, I don't know if I even want to publish this, but I did. I did just so that I could consider it done. But the main point of that book that was for entrepreneur moms is um, to be intentional about what you do and to start your day and to start your year and to start your week and start whatever you are setting out to start with the intentional process of visualizing your trajectory. Where am I going? Where do I want to land? Thinking about that intentionally is so important. And I think that we don't give merit to what a big component that is. When I finish my day, I want to go to bed feeling a little bit hungry. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. When, yep. you, when you haven't been, yeah. Motivation. Yeah. When you haven't been snacking all evening, you go to bed with this feeling of like almost a little bit hungry, but not too uncomfortable. But you know that your body is in that catabolic phase of digestion, which means that you're accessing your own fat stores and, and you're in healing mode. You're, that's when your body is repairing. That's what uh, your fast is for, so that your body can repair. And so if I start my day visualizing how I'm going to feel at the end of the day, that I'm going to have that feeling of being in the catabolic phase of digestion and not having any food in my stomach because I'm all done digesting and I haven't been snacking, then I'm going to have more likelihood to get there. Um, Planning out the foods is really key. And sometimes it doesn't have to necessarily be every single food that you plan out. But like I have this chart in front of me right now that says for breakfast, I have a big salad. That's when I have my big salad for the day. For lunch, that's where I incorporate um, like my grain and my nuts and those kind of things. That's kind of like my heaviest meal. And for dinner, that's when I have my smoothie because that's what I have figured out works for me. If I, if I end my day with a big meal, I'm going to be more inclined to snack afterwards. So if I just know that at about 5 or 6 p.m. I'm having my smoothie, my green smoothie with kale and frozen bananas, that that's going to be the way that I wrap up my day. I'm going to be more inclined to feel that little bit of comfortable hunger. <laughs> it's not it's not bad. It's not hunger pain, but you just kind of feel a little bit. That's what I'm going for in the evenings. And if I start my day with that in mind, I think I'm more inclined to get there. Very few people succeed if they just go, well, I have to eat it in this order or it's going to be wrong. And that's not true. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think if you've got your three meals planned out and kind of the gist of it, you know that in your salad, you want to have some beans. You know, you want to have lots of greens. You know, you want to have lots of cut up like rough, you know, you want to have your carrots and celery and all that stuff. Um, But it doesn't have to be exactly what you know, you don't have to have exactly the same salad. Go to your fridge and see what's in there. And you know that when you go to the store, you're going to have certain foods that are going to work for you during the week. Now, this being said, I do have to say that for a lot of people who are just starting off, um, for some people, those meal plans are really important. Um, right. So I think it kind of depends on who you are. And that's why I divide it into kind of two groups. You got your DIY crowd. They're like, I'm ready to live. I know this is what I'm supposed to eat. I know I'm not supposed to snack. 
So I'm going to set up my own recipes, my own meals and do my own shopping. And then you've got your meal plan group. And those are the people that are like, um, one of the gals in my group, Amy Collins, she started like in the mid 140s and she weighs like 120 now. Like she's just so cute and just has, she's just done amazing things. Yeah. Um, but she was like, listen, I have to stick to my meal plans. She goes, I would sometimes just go, oh, I'm a little hungry. Okay. What am I going to do? Okay. Just look at that meal plan. What's on there? What am I going to eat next? So I think it kind of varies from person to person. And what you said is exactly true. It really, you have to figure out what works for you. We truly all are different, even though we're all human and we all are made up of the same. We all come from a different place in our health, in our genetics, and in our in our routines and in our mindset. Uh -huh. So what you said is exactly is exactly yes. the reason why there needs to be different ways of approaching how you eat and how you lose weight. But micronutrient density is what we need to all focus yes. on. So I have one last question that kind of goes off the range a little bit about the nutrition side of it. And it's because we have, <laughs> we have an audience of, um, you know, people in the business world and leaders and other nutrition um, field um, experts. And I wanted to ask you, what have your, what are your challenges been with building your platform, you know, your Eat to Live Daily platform? And what advice do you have for others who are starting out either with a blog or trying to create their own platform because they have a passion to help others? My biggest advice comes from following one of my mentors, one of my mentors from afar, who's Pat Flynn. I really highly recommend the Smart Passive Income podcast, or there, he also has an Ask Pat podcast. Um, and he is, has just been a great mentor for me personally, because the vibe that he has is kindness. I don't know any other way to put it. I love the way that he communicates with his with his peeps. He just has this vibe of um, pay it forward, always giving back, giving you know a hundred times more than what you're taking, going in with really a true compassion for your people. That is the number one thing. Um, and if you are going into this field, if you're just starting and you want to go on into any kind of digital leadership space, you have to know that people are going to punch you in the face on a daily basis. Yes, it is true. And in order to be an effective leader, I believe that you have to come up smiling. You just have to come up smiling. So regardless of whatever your religious standpoint is, if you're just a spiritual person, if you're not religious at all, I, 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 I don't care what it is. You have to approach your community with love and kindness. And if you do that, you're always going to come out ahead because your community will connect with you if you have a true love and compassion for them um, and an, an enthusiasm for seeing your people succeed. If that is your primary objective in doing what you're doing, and it's not the money, and it's not about the audience size, but it's about giving this life-changing information, whatever that might be in your space, and doing it with love and compassion and a passion to see people uh, produce change in their own lives, um, that's where you're going to find success. So 
So not that Pat Flynn exactly teaches it that way, but he definitely does model that. And uh, I really appreciate it. And that's why it resonates with me so much because that that's where I'm coming from too. So that's my number one advice. If you get punched in the face, you better be ready to come up smiling and to find out, you know, um, if that person was a troll, maybe they don't have a space in your community. Maybe that's not a good community for them. But if, if a lot of times people aren't just trolling. A lot of times when people do make angry statements or they're frustrated about something, you know, they, they're coming from somewhere and they have a story that's that has led them to whatever that feeling is that they're feeling. So I'm willing to explore that. I know not everybody has the time for that. Um, when you're going into any kind of digital leadership space, you also be re- better be ready to do a lot of free work. And with that, on that note, you better love what you do because you're going to be doing a lot of it um, without any any kind of monetary exchange. And um, we do it because we love it. And um, that's ultimately, I think, what it comes down to. So that's my biggest advice: when someone punches you in the face, come up smiling. You know, thank you so much. I mean, for sharing, you know, your personal story and also how you've grown from, you know, your early blog to a really successful support site that's helping so many people, including me. I have been there. That's how I found you. And I wanted to know, so if listeners meant to find out more about Eat to Live Daily and or about you, where, where would you like us to point them? I would love for you to come join us on Facebook. We're Eat to Live Daily on Facebook, and we're trying to grow our Instagram. It's been a little slower. We're looking at doing maybe some giveaways or challenges there, Um, but Eat to Live Daily on Instagram. Um, If you want to get started in this lifestyle, I absolutely recommend the free meal plan at eattolivedaily.com. It's a one-week meal plan. It comes with a shopping list. It comes with a meal prep sheet to tell you what to do with all that food once you get it home from the grocery store. Um, That's where I would probably start. So connect with us on Facebook so that I can follow your journey. If you come over to the Eat to Live support group, um, then you can chime in and say hi and and we can connect and I get to follow your journey. Wonderful. Alicia, thank you again so much for being our guest today. I know that this is going to be great information for a lot of people and it's great for you to get to be the interviewee for a change instead of the interviewer. You've interviewed so many other people. So thank you again for doing this with us. Darcy, I'm so excited about what you've got going here. And I just have to close with this. When uh, the Eat to Live support group started to really blow up, one of our first very devoted, dedicated mentors in the group was Darcy. And so many people have gone on to follow her and watch what she does because she has lived this. She has been on Dr. Furman's show. on. P- she's been on the PBS special. She's been on other stuff with him. Um, she was on what was the talk show you were just on? Dr. Oz. She was on Dr. Oz. And so she's just been an incredible mentor. And I just want to express my gratitude because when I was off doing all of these other projects and writing my Stanford (laughs) Dean article that that went viral, Darcy was committed to being part of that group and to helping people and giving out so much of her information. She just has an absolute wealth of information. So um, I love what you do. And thank you for all that you are doing for our community as well. Ah, well, thank you for embarrassing me. I, I really appreciate that. Well, we we hope that you'll come back and talk to us about other topics, you know, focused topics, maybe about eating disorders um, and, you know, and how that 
takes a place in the eat to live support and eat to live daily groups and how you deal with that and, and how you advise others, as well as, you know, if you're more comfortable speaking a little more about your own experience and how you were able to find your way away from that. I would love to. I would love to do any of that. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you again to Alicia for being our guest. And for those listening, please visit thinkintentional.com to learn more about us and our services. Remember to subscribe on our website, iTunes, or Blueberry for the latest episodes.